Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We are all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success and happiness. Hi everyone, I've just finished interviewing Adam Prosser today and what an interesting guy he's been. Absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure if you can hear his Ferrari in the background, but I can hear it rumbling away. We're just about to go for a drive. But check it out. He's super humble. He's done an absolutely awesome job in his career so far. So listen in. There's some great insights. Absolutely fascinating. Do enjoy this episode. Catch you soon. So I'm joined today by Adam Prosser. I'm in Adam's house. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm buzzing to have him join me. It's been a long time coming. I've been trying to convince Adam for a little while to join me, and I'm really pleased to have you on. So thank you very much. Um, Adam's got some amazing half dozen things for us to speak about today, which includes product, people, process, determination, learning and improvement, and accountability and responsibility. So they're an awesome half dozen things. Um, Adam, are you able to just sort of introduce yourself a little bit, please? Yeah, um, my name is Adam Prosser, as you know. Um, I run uh, Active Internet Marketing, which is a um, digital marketing agency who specialise in um, SEO, search engine optimization, for small to medium-sized businesses. Awesome, thanks, Adam. And how long have you been doing Active Internet for, and, and, and what's the background um, there? We're established in 2010. Um, we're in a, a relatively new market, so actually we're, we're quite a long-established business as far as uh, the industry goes. Excellent. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much, mate. Um, so your first area is around your product itself. So um, are you able to tell me a bit more about why that's so important and why it's important to make sure you get it right in business? Yeah, absolutely. So our product, I think, is, is of particular interest because what we do is, is pretty unique. We obviously put people to the top of the search engines, um, primarily Google, in order to generate inquiries for them. And that need for customers to, to have that positioning didn't really exist 20 odd years ago. So we're in an emerging market. We have to continually find and improve our product and our approach. The nature of the beast is that Google doesn't publicize why it would put one website above another one. Um, so we have to constantly invest in research and development and approach what we're doing from, from new angles. Uh, in order to achieve, achieve consistent results for our customers. Got you. So it's like a constantly evolving marketplace almost. It's constantly evolving what you need to do. And and I, I, suppo- I suppose you're having to research and develop into what's happening all the time. Uh, absolutely, yeah. What we were doing um, a year ago is not what we're doing today. Yeah. And it ultimately means that we have to approach every customer and every website in a unique manner. 
So each and every single client, each and every single website is a, um, a fight really to get to the top. And um, each um, opponent in terms of other websites got to approach from, from a different route. So we're constantly evolving our knowledge or understanding and how we go about that process. Got you. So for, for people who are maybe a little sceptical over SEO, for example, then essentially if I'm a, a builder's merchant or like us, we're a training and consultancy, the approach you need to take will be different depending on the, on the Absolutely, business. yeah. Because we will literally be fighting against your competitors on your behalf and they will have strengths and they'll have weaknesses that will be different. Um, so the builder's merchant that you're trying to uh, go against will be a different fight than the training company that you're trying to fight against in, a, in another area of business. So, And also, that company we're working on behalf of will have strengths and weaknesses as well. So we need to utilise their, their strengths and exploit the weaknesses of, of other people and what they're not doing. Um, so we, we have to um, be very conscious of every step mm. we're taking. The, I guess the, the priority uh, of the, uh, and the impact of the um, methods that we're using changes over time. So something that was very, very important and very um, powerful in terms of our approach a year ago potentially could be insignificant now. And something, something new is the, the new powerful thing that we have to uh, work on. That's, that's incredible. But So I, su I suppose the rewards for the companies that stick it long enough because it takes time and uh, to give the listeners a little bit of insight, Adam, Adam and I have been working on a project for Flagship and uh, Adam got very frustrated with my change of mind on a domain and, <laughs> and that sort of thing. And essentially it sets you back to the beginning, doesn't it? And, and that could be very frustrating. So uh, I completely understand that too. Uh, the rewards, I suppose, for those that are able to use you and, and, and stick with it until you were able to get to the first page of Google, I imagine the rewards are, are huge. Absolutely. I think a large part of our job really is managing our customers' expectations. So as well as continually uh, refining our products so that we can um, be confident in what results we're going to deliver, um, we need to also manage our customers' expectations about what is realistic. If you do make certain changes, then you're uh, potentially going to be set back, so your expectations have to be realigned. Um, I think what's really different between us and some of our competitors is because we can deliver so consistently, um, because we've con constantly refining what we do, we can um, manage expectations in a very confident way. Um, so if we say to somebody that we're going to achieve A, B and C within a certain time frame, then we can be very confident that will happen, of course. Um, which is, is very important. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's, it's, I find it fascinating because it's kind of like the dark arts, isn't it? In that you've got something that you're fighting against, you're fighting against unknown competitors and then those competitors are doing their thing and you're trying to compete against that and it's, it, it's massive. But I suppose... What it really comes down to, which is your second area and why that's such a focus, is to make sure that your people are well, you know, well developed, that they're well trained, um, and to know that they're putting the research and the development into their skills as much as anything to know what's going to work and what isn't. Absolutely, yeah. So the people within our business are um, majorly important. Uh, I think because the product is so unique, so new, it's not something that's been in existence for a long time. So a lot of the time, we, I would say that uh, we're pioneering um, and the people have got to 
uh, be the right people and have the right mindset in order to do that. Uh, in terms of achieving that, um, we've got people um, in our business that I've worked with in previous businesses and even in the corporate world before that. So I've got a lot of um, strong relationships. I guess they are employees, but actually they're, they're friends and we don't have a huge hierarchy within the business. Everything's quite flat. Mm. Um, we're all working together um, to achieve shared goals. Um, and some of the people I'm, I'm, that we, I work with have been working with me for, for over a decade. Um, wow. and got really strong relationships and I think that's important um, but it definitely um, helps improve our, our results as well and what we achieve as a business. Got it, yeah and um, obviously it, it shows that you've built that trust with them and, 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 and the respect as well to, to be able for them to, to want to stay and work with you for, for that long. How do you find sort of motivating is there is there anything you do specifically that's different to try and keep people retained because I, I imagine it can be quite a competitive marketplace where the the, the best digital marketers are, are being stolen and, and and the other companies are trying to headhunt people mm, all the time. absolutely so yeah I mean you mentioned um, trust and respect I think making sure that that's um, a mutual thing um, we've got exactly the right people and we have a mutual trust in them, which is very, very important. Work to shared goals. So I'm continually trying to um, understand what my employees are trying to achieve in their life. What are their personal goals? What are they heading for? Um, and how can we be aligned in helping those people achieve what they want to do? And that ultimately will, will contribute to our success. And I think continually trying to develop people, mm. um, making sure that um, you know people are feel that they're moving forward and they're growing as a person of course um, as um they've got no reason to leave then yeah absolutely it's um it's so easy to get caught up in in this aspect that people are motivated by money uh when they go to work that it's about earning more and, and getting promotions when actually mutual respect and personal development are, are huge facets for people to be motivated to want to stay. Mm, absolutely, we recently invested in some uh, assessment of people's motivational factors um, and what did motivate them and why were they coming to work and actually money was quite, quite far down the line. Mm. Um, I think security um, in terms of the financial side was important to our people but our people are pretty well rewarded um, and certainly in the senior, uh, more senior positions as well. So it is a factor, but yeah, making sure that what they're trying to achieve in, in their life um, is, a, is aligned with, with us and where we're all heading and understanding that. And then money is just a, um, a way of facilitating some of their, their hopes and their dreams and where they want to be. So it's, it's definitely secondary to um, understanding. Of course. Yeah, what what a what a positive way of looking at the financial uh, remuneration process as well. So, and and that sort of leads me on to our third area, which is around process. So, process is really important to you, sort of as a business per, businessman, as an entrepreneur, and as a business owner, uh, and within your business. So, why why is process so important, and how do you sort of go about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, process is very very important because our product is um, continually changing. The way that we deliver that product um, has to continually change. And if we're not moving forwards, then we're definitely going backwards. So um, we're looking to continually improve our efficiency, our approach, um, how we overcome um, problems that we might have and try to um, put processes into the business 
that um, we'll make sure that we're, we're continually moving forward and, and we're not going to repeat perhaps any mistakes or any issues we've had. Um, so we are very, very process driven. Um, and we uh, give you an example through lockdown. Obviously, I had some time to um, reflect on the business more and um, take some time to sort of think about our processes and how we approach things. And we completely uh, restructured how we deal with um, the clients that we have. And we've managed to increase our efficiency more than 30%. So whilst um, the, the team have got to continually keep the R&D going and change what we're doing, the way that we approach it is often changing continually as well. Um, and like I say, over lockdown, we, we completely transformed that. So when everybody returned, they had a new way of doing things. So it was a second thing that they had to deal with as well as the product itself. So um, it's, it's very, very important that we are continually reviewing what we're doing in terms of process. Of course. It, it, it's so valuable because it gives people a re, repeatable format to be able to follow when they're, when they're going about their tasks as well. So just to dig a little bit more on that sort of lockdown situation, like uh, how was lockdown for you uh, as a business? Obviously, you're in digital marketing, so I, I assume it was able to, to carry on. Um, you may have, did you, did you have some cash flow issues? Did you have any customers, any challenges, that, that sort of sense? Yeah, so um, we were very, very fortunate compared to some other businesses out there. Um, we were able to work um, from home with relative ease. We could very quickly put our employees into um, home working. Um, that wasn't an issue. And more, uh, a greater concern for us really was our clients and how they were being affected and how their, um, their cash flow and their incomes were being affected. Uh, ultimately, that then would have a knock-on with us, potentially. We fortunately were able to extend uh, payment terms um, that were greater to our, our customers. Some people, we arranged a holiday um, and allowed them to repay that over a six or a 12-month period. If anything, it actually strengthened our relationships with our, with our clients because um, on um, the whole, people were very, very grateful for how we could extend further um, sort of um, terms and make it easier for them. Um, and um, and that, that, that was, it was a nice position to be in. Really. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's important, isn't it? We, uh, we had a couple of clients that we supported with payment holidays. Uh, I know we're a slightly smaller business and uh, you know I was able to get some payment breaks myself on some stuff and that, being able to then offer that on just helps make uh, the wheels turn a little bit better, doesn't it? And Absolutely. It was similar for us. We were um, really passing on some of the benefits we'd got from, from elsewhere, some other people. So I think there was um, uh, an improved sense of community. You yeah. know, between a lot of businesses. That, that goodwill is, is so important. So with regards to process being so important, how do you review processes in active and how do you ensure that you're improving them all the time? Do you have regular meetings and, and, and how do you look at those processes? Do you, you know, the, the, the strategy I've always used is a, a, like using post-it notes. So I'll do like, we do that and then we do this and then we do this and just sort of mapping that process out to then think, actually can we take any of these steps out to make it more efficient or can we maybe rearrange stuff because it's not quite working is, is there sort of a strategy you use? yeah so we um interestingly i guess in terms of our, our delivery if we look at that as an example so we have certain principles within that department that never change 
So although, like I mentioned, our product um, could completely change within 12 months, what we're doing a year ago is not what we're doing today, there's certain principles that would, would never change. So the amount of hours uh, of output work that people are um, targeted and expected to deliver never changes. But then the processes and the approach that they're doing within those hours can change significantly over a three or six month or 12 month period. So I think what's been really good in terms of that environment where it's continually moving forward is we've we've got principles that people are fully aware of they know that we're committed to those and they know that those never change so a lot of um, people don't like change as you're probably aware and I think if um, somebody came to you on a Monday morning and said your job's going to be completely different starting this week um, it could be quite daunting for people but once they know that the principle of what actual output they need to achieve within that week is never going to change, people are a lot less um, scared or, or fearful of what is changing around that. Um, so I think having that dependability um, in a very um, fast-paced environment um, has given people um, security and confidence that um, no matter what changes, they know that they can deliver um, on, on what they're um, hoping to achieve. So that's worked well. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so uh, moving on to the fourth area for uh, for yourself is around determination. Is that is that from a business point of view, or, or is that sort of you personally? How 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 does that fit in? I would say both, really. So I think um, going right back to the beginning, we started um, a business in um, a new market, pretty much. Um, we didn't know what the road ahead um, was going to be like, and there was actually very few examples of people we could imitate or um, we could we could kind of copy. Um, so we, we had to begin um, from a completely unique standpoint. And really, there was a determination <laughs> that uh, allowed us to get from, from A to B in terms of doing that. So um, we wouldn't accept no for an answer, even if people thought that um, things couldn't be achieved or they couldn't be done. Um, we would need to go and find a way to make it happen. And that's um, reflected not only in, in our product and what um, we're trying to achieve there, but on a personal level, get from um, where I decided I wanted to be to from where I currently started off. Um, there's a lot of determination involved and often the route that you feel you're going to go down is not the route that ultimately takes you there. And um, I think within that, um, having very clear um, daily um, weekly, monthly, and um, and so on. Goals was really really important. So I had um, some quite large goals for the business, exactly where I wanted um, the business to be. That then filtered into some personal goals I had, and I could literally break those down to a daily uh, achievements that needed to be made, and almost by the hour. And I knew that um, if I um, stuck with it and had the determination, even. Um, when you're having an off day, I knew that all of those um, positive days would contribute to exactly where we wanted the business to be. Got you, yeah. And um, I must say, actually, something that I've noticed uh, about you is obviously we've been we've been friends for probably a year or so now. And um, one of the things I've noticed is that you're a very, very good salesperson. A very, very good salesperson. I know you, that will probably make you feel a bit embarrassed, but it's fine. But you... You're very, very good at explaining what it is you do and, and almost sort of explaining the value in what you do as well. And 
would you say that that's reflected from that determination because it must be very hard or initially it must have been very hard to be able to demonstrate the value in an emerging market you're essentially blazing a trail mm. um, as, you, as you started out and, and, and as you've built the business so you've honed those skills over time um, and, and, and that must have been down to determination yeah absolutely I, I think if um, somebody asked me what do I do <laughs> I, I would actually say I was a salesperson I think that's my primary, primarily my skill what I've trained and, um, and sort of um, developed myself yeah. Um, in terms of an area, an area of skill and yeah I mean when I started um, the business it was just me in the office where we are now with a desk and a chair and a phone and that was it <laughs> and we didn't have any clients and um, I knew we had a, a great product I knew that what we could deliver um, was um, going to be amazing for our clients I knew that um, we could develop the right processes to consistently deliver the quality of what we needed to do and um, I needed to um, explain to people was the word you said something that perhaps um, they weren't familiar with um, so yeah it's very very important to be able to do that in a clear way like I said manage expectations make sure that the customer is, is aligned um, with what we're doing and how it's going to work for them and um, yeah sales, sales is a big big part of that yeah do you think it's important for business owners out there to uh, because some people will be natural salespeople. I, I like to think that I'm a natural salesperson. Uh, maybe I'm overinflating my ability. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you know, I've, I, one of the things before I started, before I went self-employed, I'd worked for years in workshops doing essentially after sales. So like the service side of the business. Because most businesses have a sales function, which is going out and winning business, and then it has the after sales, which is the service or the product mm -hmm. delivery. And I'd worked for years and years and years through my 20s in product delivery or service delivery, whether it was in body repair or run, running the workshops or, or heavy goods vehicle maintenance or whatever that may be, being a branch manager. But that didn't really, I, I never felt like I'd really rounded myself until I went into business development. And then when I went into business development and started selling and using consultative sales skills to finding out what people's problems were and how we could then accommodate our, accommodate that in the service or product that we offered, um, that then gave me the confidence to go and start a business. And I suppose I'm going a long-winded way around saying, do you think it's important that that I suppose the business owner themselves don't need to be good at great salespeople, but it's very useful if they are. But if they are not, they do need to have people in their team that are amazing at sales. It's, it's such an important part of what you do. Definitely. I think sales is really the beginning of any business. You need to develop some demand that you're going to go and then, go and then meet that demand. So, um, yeah, I think it's crucial. I think from my personal uh, experience. I've worked in um, a corporate world um, to then working um, in privately owned businesses and running my own business. And through all of that time, I've developed um, my skills of selling um, consistently through learning, seeking knowledge that I didn't necessarily have. So um, we then now um, make sure that all of our team are doing that as well. 
Um, and um, yeah, I think sales is, is absolutely crucial, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Okay, fine. And, and actually, that leads us really nicely onto the fifth area, which is learning and improvement. So that, that's obviously a vital part of your business. Um, so how do, you, how do you implement learning and improvement? And, and do you set targets for your team? How do you go about facilitating it? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I very briefly touched on it, but I know um, my own experience through my own career that I've constantly tried to improve uh, my skills, mainly as a salesperson. I know the difference that's made um, to me and, um, and my life, you know, many, many aspects. So um, we um, fully appreciate the importance and the um, benefit of investing you know, in people, investing in learning and improvement for them. We're constantly working um, with different people within the business in different ways to um, up their skills and to um, share knowledge and often as I mentioned we're trying trying to find new ways of doing things so um, generally um, we could wake up and we don't necessarily know exactly how we're going to achieve what we need to achieve um, so we need to go and find the answers um, so we're very consciously creating an environment that is um, built around learning built around development and built around um, seeking better ways of, of doing things Perfect. Yeah, it's um, it's such an important part of going back to you said in the second thing is around people, and then learning and development and improving people is such an important part of then retaining those people. So investing in them, pushing them forward, developing them, and 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 then it's so much more likely that you'll retain that talent. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it costs you to retain uh, to recruit someone and then to train them up, but I imagine what you're doing is very niche and what they're doing is very niche. So you might bring someone in who's maybe got some digital marketing talent from copywriting or, or social media posting, but then you need them to learn a specific set of skills to be able to deliver what Google needs to be able to develop them forward. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you look at the increase in people's wages, probably within the last decade, um, it's probably quite a small percentage um, that people um, have, have received in terms of uh, the increase in their, their income. However, what we're paying people today um, is potentially double what we would have been paying someone to do that job five years ago. Um, and we can't um, charge all of our clients twice as much. So um, we've got to continually um, keep up with that market and what people's expectations are there. So that means we have to do things differently and better and, and potentially quicker or more efficiently. And so yeah, there's, there's a huge learning um, curve there. Yeah. And um, people have got to uh, continually improve their approach. And so yeah, it's, it's vital to our survival and success really. Of course, of course. And do you yourself do sort of any, we were talking about sort of your sales development and that sort of thing. How, where do you go for that? Because I know, I know you're, we've spoken before because I talk about books, but you talk about YouTube and I know that yeah. you're, you're an avid YouTube watcher. So tell me a bit about who you enjoy listening to and, and how you, that's developed you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, again, I'm always seeking more and more knowledge and um, from different, a variety of people, I don't just want to accept one opinion or one approach. And um, often on a, on a weekend, um, rather than perhaps um, 
sit for two, three hours watching a movie or something like that, I'll think, well, actually, why don't I try and watch something that can help me in an area that, uh, for a challenge I might be facing the next week or the next month. So I will then um, go on YouTube, look for people who are offering um, information on a particular topic, and then um, I'll look at several people within that. So I wouldn't say that I've got um, necessarily uh, a small group of people that I'm following or, or um, paying attention to. Often it's completely changing. It might be specialists in different areas and getting several people's um, approaches and opinions and views on that area. Um, and again, constantly seeking more and more knowledge on different topics so that I'm, I'm more equipped Mm. Um, to um, overcome challenges we might have. Um, some of the, the things we have to face are not, not things we've faced before, so you need to have a, a new way of dealing with it, really. Yeah, yeah definitely. I find it fascinating because, you, you know, we watch, like, news at the moment and we're locked down. Uh, people get interviewed and they're on Zoom and stuff and they stand in front of these bookcases. Like, I've read all these books, so I'm really intelligent. But yeah. actually, I find it fascinating because you've taken a slightly different strategy, which is to, uh, obviously, the YouTube being being so prevalent. And what I find interesting is, or what I'd be interested to know is, is there any one or, or maybe a couple of people that you really, like, go to, to to listen to? Like, you know, I love Simon Sinek, for example. Is there, is there anyone you particularly enjoy? Yeah, following? I think, um, well, like I said, there's such a variety because there's so many topics that I'm looking at. Um, but if um, I come to sales, uh, as an example, um, I, there's some quite old school sales coaches, people like Zig Ziglar, um, who's very entertaining as well as um, uh, instructional. And then you've got um, some other um, characters that um, are, are quite strong, people like Grant Cardone, yeah. um, who's um, loved by some and hated by others. I he's think. a bit Marmite, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but um, again, he's got some, some interesting information you, you can take from that. Um, Jordan Belfort, who's got a very sort of checkered past, I guess you could say. Um, but um, he's certainly got... Um, as a strong knowledge base as well that you can tap into. So I try and, um, again, look for variety. I don't um, sort of want to follow one person's opinion because I think I might miss something. So I try and get as much variety within that as I can. Because I'm potentially doing it weekends and things like that, try and find somebody that's also entertaining yeah, yeah. Uh, to a degree as well. As I say, you've definitely mentioned some entertaining people. Yeah. I, I love Wolf of Wall Street. I think it's such a good film. I've uh, I've watched it probably four or five times, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is brilliant as Jordan Belfort. I think I think he's absolutely brilliant. But yeah, I think um, I think Grant Cardone. I've read Ten X, and I know a lot of people uh, will knock his style, and he is quite brash because of the cultural difference. However, a lot of what he says makes total sense absolutely, as well. Absolutely, um, it's the same with Gary Vee. You know, I, I watched quite a bit of Gary Vee, and I've been re I've read Crush it and. Um, you know, what he says or the way he says it is, is you know, fascinating. Um, I read a book, a, a really good book to recommend if people are listening and want to improve sales skills. I'm going to shout out my pal Fred Copestake. So Fred was actually on the podcast a few episodes ago. He does sales training uh, and he's recently written a book called Partnering Intelligence. 
uh, which is really good. And that's about say selling and partnering with people um, and, and partnering with your client and essentially understanding what all their problems are so you can ensure that you, you are able to offer the best solution to be able to help them. Uh, so I really recommend him. And then another book, and I don't think I've ever met anyone else that's read it, but I absolutely loved it. And it was by Oren Claff and it's called right. Pitch Anything. Okay. And it's absolutely, he's an American guy and it's a bit like Grant Cardone. It's maybe a bit abrasive. It's quite macho as well. Um, but yeah, how to pitch anything is um, I'll, uh, fascinating. I'll have a look at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well worth a look. I'm always looking for more interesting uh, <laughs> variety. Definitely. He, uh, he tells a story about how, um, so pitch anything is about essentially, he, he calls it like fray, like framing stuff. And then like reframing to try and get control back. So when you're a salesperson and you go into a waiting room and um, the receptionist says to you, oh, hang on, whoever your appointment's with, they'll see you in a minute. So you have to sit down and he goes, and there you are, you're sat down reading the magazine and all of a sudden you're the underdog because you're here to see them and they're making you wait. And uh, he talks about different ways to try and overcome that, to try and, you've always got this sort of power struggle in the right. communication and the way he okay. approaches it is really interesting. And he said about how, um, you know, people will do like a power play. So he was sat in a meeting and they were talking about this big deal, what have you. And uh, the guy across the table and then he had two of his like graduates who were part of this big deal. And uh, he started eating an apple and he tells a story about how he goes and gets a knife and cuts the apple in half and goes, this is how I do my deals. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy, but it's quite funny. It reminds me, I used to um, have a, a challenge with myself and some of my colleagues and... Um, Sometimes you'd go to see somebody and yeah, they could be a little bit um, disinterested or perhaps abrasive, like you said. And I, I, I would always have a challenge, particularly if I had someone with me, um, that after a certain period of time, I could be on their side of the desk. So rather than us um, as, as opponents, we're then working together to achieve okay. um, whatever they want to do in their business through getting more inquiries through the internet. And then I would always uh, have a second challenge that they would have to stand up and I'd be sitting in their chair showing them something. So that <laughs> you've gone from somebody who's um, perhaps not uh, that, that interested to you're both on the same side of the desk working together to achieve something. So I'm actually then sitting in their chair. So it was always a bit of a fun game and stuff. Fascinating. I love that. So how did you do that? A variety of ways, but I think it, it was rapport, essentially. So, um, you know, selling is um, obviously understanding the need. Um, and convincing somebody that you can satisfy that need for them. Once we um, could really understand what our clients were looking to achieve and exactly where they're going in their business, we can then start to explain to them um, and educate them how our product and being at the top of the search engines can generate the inquiries that will then lead to um, them achieving what they want to do in their business. And if you're doing that consistently with people and meeting their expectations and managing their expectations, as I mentioned earlier, then you're, you're building a massive amount of rapport with those people. Suddenly, the client-customer relationship is more of a partnership and you're working together and you're aligned to trying to achieve the same things together. Um, and it's a completely different relationship, I think, um, than, than some others that are out there. So you, you do get an opportunity to build a lot of rapport with people. Yeah, I, I must say, I feel almost a little bit jealous because the service that I sell around compliance and mandatory training and, and making sure people are sticking to their obligations, for example, it's not as sexy as going in and going, 
I'm going to make your business more money. Mm. Uh, in, indirectly, I can say that because we will, because we're essentially an insurance. We're making sure that companies are protecting themselves, making sure that they're not going to have future litigation or accidents or costly mistakes. So we're looking at trying to protect them, which is great. And, and we have to approach it in that sense. But in a way, you've got this opportunity to go in and go, hey, do you know what? Have you got a goal to make more money? Do you mm. want to be more profitable? Because at the minute, you know, you're wasting money on marketing and we can we can help provide an improved growth in your business. I think uh, it's much more compelling and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I imagine it much more enjoyable as well, particularly when you've got those goals. I remember uh, one of the things I've set uh, my business development manager to do, she... I, I like get her to play games. So when she's making phone calls, just to keep you alive and not to get frustrated when you're doing cold calls, not cold calls, but you know, you, you're sort of following up on prospects and that sort of thing. I think it's really important to try and play little games like trying to follow, like starting the let the words with different letters, for example, or trying to trying to do, add something to it to keep you engaged because otherwise those phone calls can be quite dreary and it's about making sure that you're not demotivating you're making sure you're staying motivated all the time so uh, i think playing little games like that's really important part of it too yeah definitely definitely you've got to have fun in what you're doing without a doubt definitely fine okay brilliant so our half dozen thing and i think will be really really uh, interesting to hear your response on this but that's around accountability and responsibility. So it's about saying you're going to do something and then delivering it. Are you able to just expand on that a little bit more, mate? Yeah, I think there was there was two things really within that I was going to talk about. So I think um, if you think of the, the determination that I mentioned earlier, for me, I think if I say that I'm going to um, achieve a certain thing or do a certain thing to uh, you know a team or, or to an individual, the pain of not doing that thing is a huge motivator to me um, and the pain of not delivering um, is more of a motivator than the pleasure of getting that item or achieving that goal or whatever it might be so i definitely always try and make myself accountable um, and sometimes i will tell people exactly what i'm going to be where we're going to be what's going to be happening within a certain time frame and then i know that i'm accountable for it and like i said the pain of not doing that will be a huge driver in terms of making it happen. So that, that's always worked well for me, I feel. The second um, thing is within the business, you know, the, the buck stops with me. We've spoken about it before where you're, you're very conscious that how you're accountable um, for your staff and you're accountable for the business and what you need to do and deliver. And as the, your business grows, that accountability becomes larger and larger and larger. And I think um, I've never lost sight of that. Um, so I remember uh, in the early days, the accountability of paying the wages was probably one of the biggest mountains to climb every single month. And I remember that um, two days before, I'd be thinking, where's this last bit of money coming from? And who do I need to go and chase to go and get a check or get that payment? And I'd be jumping in the car to go and um, knock on someone's door saying, uh, excuse me, you promised this invoice and, uh, and I'm here now and to, uh, <laughs> to make, make you do a back payment or whatever it might be before, before I leave. So that accountability's always been very, very real. Um, and ultimately, I, I feel like I'm, I'm responsible for my employees' bills and their mortgages and what they're uh, accountable for. So 
And I think the, the theme of being very conscious of that has, has driven me a lot. Um, and um, I've tried to get our people um, and, and the team to be very accountable for what they're delivering to our customers mm. um, and take ownership um, of the results that they, they need to achieve and how important that is. And like I said, we've got very strong rapport with a lot of our clients, so we understand the difference that that makes to them um, and what they're trying to achieve and what their mission is. And our team then understand the importance um, of achieving those things for our client and what impact that will have on them. Um, so accountability is a two-edged sword, um, but a, a big driver, really, mm. uh, and a very powerful thing. Yeah, I, um, one of the things that strikes me about you, Adam, is how motivated you are to achieve, but also that accountability and goal setting are so important. So I've got a couple of questions off the back. One is around how do you set your goals and what goals have you set? Because I think, and genuinely... Adam's very humble and I'm looking into the camera for those that are watching Adam's very humble about some of the success he's had and I find that that's that's very uh, you know that's brilliant but at the same time a lot of people set goals and they'll be listening and they'll set goals and some they miss and some they achieve and actually it's very motivating achieving goals and you are someone who has set goals and achieved them so what is it about, is it that accountability that has in, ensured that when you've set a goal, you've gone out and taken it? Is it that you're scared of being seen as a bullshitter, for example? Because people make grand claims when they set goals, for example, and they maybe put themselves out there and say, I'm going to do this. And actually, is it that, that fear of being seen as like you're not being honest or truthful or, or, or something like that? What, what is it? How So couple of questions me rambling away there well one is what goals and, and how have you set them and secondly like is there a bit of a fear of being seen um like like maybe you're bsing or trying to wing it or whatever it may be because i know that that's something that resonates with me and setting a goal and then achieving it that's where few people actually that's a stumbling block so what is it that's made you get over the line to achieve them goals yeah absolutely so Firstly, I do set very, very clear goals um, for myself. And I think in terms of setting that goal, there's quite a few elements within that. So I might have pictures or um, a Pinterest board or something similar nowadays like that um, of exactly what that's going to look like when I get to that point. And I'll have a lot of um, visualisation of exactly um, what that experience is going to be. Then I will make myself accountable for it. So um, at times people have um, told me I'm crazy or delusional, but I've said I'm going to do certain things and I will tell people around me that this is, this is going to happen and this is um, the way that the future is going to be in this certain aspect, whatever it will be. And then, like I said, the pain of, of not doing that and looking uh, like you've um, you know, not delivered on something you said you're going to do. Um, is actually um, very motivational then for me. So I will make sure that it's going to happen. The determination within me will not allow that not to happen. And then again, I'll break that down. So rather than just having um, an elaborate goal that is uh, a bit of a pipe dream, I will break down exactly how I'm going to achieve that goal, whatever it might be. And I will know that I will have weekly, daily, potentially even hourly actions that I need to take uh, in order to um, 
make those gradual steps to get to wherever that final destination or that goal might be. And um, I think that becomes a bit easier over time potentially because if you can get into um, a pattern of achieving those goals, making those things happen, then your own confidence will grow. Your skill, um, if you're learning and developing like we spoke about, your approach becoming better and better at what you do in order to, to get to those goals, then eventually you can be more and more confident um, and you can take bigger steps and you can be perhaps a bit more stretching in some of the things you, you want to do. Um, but with the knowledge that you've developed yourself um, in terms of your ability to go and deliver on, on that statement that you're making. Fascinating. So momentum's one and it's like, so I always think confidence and I think of momentum, it's like that, do you know what, I'm achieving these goals so I can push myself and push myself and push myself. Because all of a sudden that momentum just builds over time, doesn't it? And, and, and the leverage improves. So one, one of the things I just want to drill down a little bit on, because you said it twice, and that is hourly goals. So what, <laughs> what, what is that? How hard do you drive yourself? So I think um, it probably, the hourly goals probably comes back a bit more to the determination. So if you have to see a certain amount of customers in a week um, to build your pipeline, um, to achieve your sales target, and you know that you've got to take those daily actions to make that happen for that week and then into that month and moving forward to achieve that goal. If um, it's pissing it down the rain, it's a horrible day and it's nearly getting dark and it's perhaps four o'clock on a Friday, um, the goal um, might not be achieved. But if you think in the next hour, I can go and knock um, on another four doors and I might get that appointment that I can go back and see that potential client next week and get my pipeline to where I need it to be and ultimately get my sales to where I need it to be, then that hour is a critical time. So yeah, I, I basically do break it down to even an hour sometimes. And I know that if I haven't achieved what that day needs to achieve, then how many hours are left uh, in that day where you can reasonably go and, and persist in doing what you need to do. So mm. yeah, that's, I guess, comes back to determination a bit as well. Yeah. So there's the magic people that are listening. That That is the magic. It's that and I don't know how you even distill that into a glass bottle of magic potion, but it's that grit and determination to go, do you know what? It's hammering it down with rain. It's crap. I want to go home. And I've had the door slammed in my face 20 times today, but do you know what? I'm going to go and knock on four more doors and create an opportunity for next week. Absolutely. Is that, is that and it's doing that every day yeah. <laughs> as well. When you break it down to um, a daily goal and the impact that hour or that next um, phone call or that next door knock um, can have you can then think about well if I deliver every single day on what I've promised myself and other people I will do um, then you know that ultimately you will achieve your goal at the end of that mm. if you've got the right steps to get to that that final point awesome awesome and then just just finally sort of the the last thing I want to just explore on that is that then results in you putting a lot of pressure on yourself as well, doesn't it? So, and I'm I'm much the same in that I'll set 
I've set five year goals, three year, well, 10 year, five year, three year, two year, one year. I've maybe not got to the hourly yet, but I have set like what I call a default diary. So there's certain things I do at certain <clears> times and I do them without fail. But I find that I do put myself and I get told off by people that they perceive I put myself under too much pressure. And it's difficult, isn't it? Because pressure, and, and just exploring that with you a minute, because pressure is important to succeed, isn't it? It's so important but it's just understanding the impact that that has over a sustained period of time. Have you, has that affected you? Have you had lots of pressure? Um, do you feel like sometimes you just need to unwind? How, how do you sort of manage that? Yeah, I think um, it does ultimately lead, yeah, to a pressure. I think, I think you're right. And I think that um, to an extent is unavoidable. Um, if you want to go from um, A to B, or even to A to Z, um, and you've set that goal and you're determined and you've constantly refining your approach and your product and everything we spoke about, then there is a pressure within that. I think um, what's what's worked for me is to try and, um, I guess not have an end point, but try and take pleasure in your successes. Um, so um, some people, I think, um, will struggle under that pressure if they're never getting to um, a point of contentment. Um, I think within your goal, you need to build, uh, when you're making that promise to yourself that I'm going to go and do this thing, um, and you're making that promise to other people, you need to build into your goal uh, a sense of achievement and a sense of contentment. And then when you get to that, uh, whatever that goal is, make sure you take the time out to enjoy that and refresh yourself, re-motivate yourself, rebuild yourself in order that you can then decide where you're going from there and what the next steps are. Mm. So within your goal, there needs to be time to rest, time to rebuild before you move forward again mm. and enjoy, take some time to enjoy some of, some of that success as well. Definitely. And that, that's fascinating. That, that's something that I've been learning more recently um, and, and, and I see it's so important because one of the things that I pick up from doing this podcast with lots of different business people from different business areas is that the ones that drive the most success over time, it's about how dissatisfied they were at the outset with what they had. So then that motivates them and drives them and gives them that grit and determination over time because there's so much dissatisfaction. Um, and and that, that is like a common thread that I find running through the podcast. And I know that I was massively dissatisfied with my situation in my 20s um, where I was struggling with my mental health. I wasn't where I felt I needed to be and I felt that I had the potential to achieve so much more. And I think it's about, there's this balance of seeing the potential that you feel you've got without sounding arrogant, but you know that you've got the potential that if you put the grit and determination, the effort in, that you'll achieve it. But it's also that actually, am I that dissatisfied to motivate myself to do it? Because, and I think that's what really cuts people apart or the wheat from the chaff is that the people who are actually probably semi-satisfied with just trundling along with what they're doing uh, that isn't motivating enough for them that goal isn't motivating enough for them to to drive them forward and uh, one of the things I've found is and, and as I've found and learned about burning out and mental health and those sorts of things is that I've really struggled with finding the satisfaction in now because I'm so focused on future benefit mm. and uh, I have to really work on it. I have to really, really work on it to 
try and just switch off and enjoy what I've got right now because I look at I look at what I have that like the kids the age they are and uh, you know my marriage to Maggie and you know the the things that we do have and just be grateful for them and it's one of those that actually I think that gratitude as I've learned that gratitude for what I do have I feel like that's kind of opened up my capacity more to be able to actually achieve more which I find is quite strange really because don't get me wrong you've got to be dissatisfied but you've also got to be grateful too because how can you achieve more if you're not grateful for what you've already got absolutely and I think what what I'd learned and what I discovered is that actually um, the chase or the fight or the journey to achieve those goals can often be more enjoyable than yeah. the actual item at the end of it. Yeah. So um, I think you've got to uh, enjoy those times you spoke about whilst you're moving to, from where you are to where you want to be. Um, mm. You've got to reflect and enjoy you know, the, the, the good parts within that yeah. because often the, the fighting and the actually doing it is more uh, enjoyable than often the item that you that you're seeking yeah. to get at the end and you can look when when you do get to your goal you can look back i guess with a sense of pride um, and that's probably more enjoyable than than the actual thing that you've achieved and um but you want to you want to enjoy your time whilst you're you're fighting yeah, to get there definitely. definitely i think i think i think that's a massive thing that i've realized that actually when, when I speak to people and I know that I've got ambitious goals for, for myself and for the family and the things I want to achieve, they're not, they're not selfish. They're p- partly about achieving freedom for the family, but actually it's about demonstrating I'm the man that can achieve them, not actually about achieving them. It's mm. demonstrating that I am the person that can do it. And uh, that's a subtle difference. It's a real subtle difference. I totally, I totally get and, it. I, um, can, I can relate to that. And, and do you know what? What you just said there about it being the thrill of the chase, it harks me back. And those that know me, know me quite well. Back in my teenage years and probably early 20s, I was a, I was a real nightmare for, for chasing girls. I, I, you know, I used to really enjoy chasing girls and I was a nightmare. And... Um, Often, like you say, the thrill of the chase is more exciting than the end product, you know, and you just end up realising that it's just meaningless after a little while. If there's no if there's no connection, it's just meaningless. So, uh, fascinating, mate. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Adam. No, thank um, you. Thanks. How do people, you know, how do people get in touch with you? This is your opportunity just to promote what you do, promote the business, how you can help people and how to find you. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up, mate. Yeah, so um, I'm personally um, on most social media channels. Um, from a business point of view, people can get, get me on LinkedIn and um, message me and such there. Um, our website, activeinternetmarketing.co.uk, um, gives further information um, on what we do and, and how we do it. Um, and there's there's some free um, resources on there to help people um, potentially improve their own website themselves uh, as, a, as a start to, to where we could then take it uh, further for them from there. So um, that, that might be some benefit to some people as well. Brilliant. And I can highly recommend what Adam does as well and recommend Active. He's got an awesome team there um, and uh, and has helped me no end. So yeah, absolutely brilliant, mate. Thank you for joining me. I hope everyone's really enjoyed today's episode. I found it really insightful. It's been fantastic. Uh, so yeah, please do leave us comments, share, subscribe, and uh, you know share it with your friends. Hopefully they'll get some value from it. And we're just trying to build the audience and uh, help more people. So yeah, thank you very much. Take care, guys. Catch you all soon. I really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels 
we hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners, and we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.